Fountain Blue Las Vegas is the newest luxury resort and casino on the Las Vegas Strip, and we want to send you there for the big game weekend. You score a trip for two to Las Vegas, including airfare, a two-night state, Fountain Blue Las Vegas, $150 credit to spend at one of its 36 restaurants and bars, and two tickets to Fountain Blue Las Vegas big game viewing party at Blue Live Theater. To enter, text this hour's national keyword TRIP to 95819. That's TRIP to 95819. Uh-huh. Blue. <laughs> I don't say it like that when I do the read. He goes, Fountain Blue. Fountain Blue. Anyway, it seems cool, however you say it. Yeah, it sounds like a great trip. So, it text is. trip to 95819. All right, let's talk about day four uh, trial for the mother of the Oxford High School shooter, Jennifer Crumbly, facing four counts of involuntary manslaughter. Yesterday was absolutely riveting as the prosecution be- continues to bring up witnesses, and we see sort of behind the scenes of what happened after the shooting. Kara Berg, courts reporter for the Detroit News, joins us now. You have your finger on the pulse. You're watching all of it. Sort of what are your takeaways from yesterday? Uh, I think the big thing from yesterday was being able to see the interview video at the substation after the shooting. That was something we hadn't seen before. So we got to see James and Jennifer's initial reaction to learning that their son had committed this shooting. Uh, And we got to see them talk to Ethan for the first time uh, after the shooting. And Ethan tells them to take care of his cat. Um, and Jennifer mm. asks why. And James tells them, tells him that he loves him. Help me with this. The, the picture that we saw in the, in the video is that, I mean, there's this intense conversation going on. James Crumbly is crying. He is trying to explain to uh, investigators that everything was normal the night before and they can't understand how this happened. Meantime, Jennifer Crumbly is scrolling on her phone. She looks detached. Disinterested. She looks yeah. indifferent. She claims she was actually trying to be helpful. Help me with that. Because that picture looks so damning and and um, just tone deaf. It, police had asked her for a photo and her attorney said that she was scrolling and looking for that photo. Um, it was, of, I believe, of the gun or something that Ethan had done um, sometime in the past week. Uh, but she was, I know she was looking for his phone number. She was looking for the text that they had, uh, that she had sent and that Ethan had sent her that day and just anything that she would be able to share with them. Um, that's according to her attorney as to what she was doing. And then while she's doing this, all of a sudden she just abruptly says, you know what, I think we need an attorney or something like that. Do we know what caused the change in the mood in that room? Uh, we don't know. No, I just know she asked for an attorney um, once initially in the interview, or she said initially, do you think we need an attorney? And then later on she said, um, we're not going to answer any more questions. I think we need an attorney. And that was for Ethan as well. Kara, the uh, testimony from the counselor as well, the Oxford High School counselor, Sean Hopkins, who, who said, you know, when they when he met with the parents uh, the day of the shooting, that, you know, the plan was, you know, for the parents to take him and, and get him some help and seek some help from a therapist or, or, or something. And, and Jennifer said that, she couldn't do it that day because they had to go back to work. Yes, she did say that they had to go back to work and they couldn't take him home. Uh, Sean Hopkins did say that he didn't ask them or require them to take their son home. 
and that Ethan had requested to stay in school. But yes, they did say they would not be able to take him home because of work. Um, I, I heard some reporting that this therapist had said if the parents didn't do anything, he was going to call Child Protective Services. And he just, I guess, was a little late in doing so. And it, it's all these steps that may have prevented, prevented this tragedy is so heartbreaking. Yeah, it, it really is very heartbreaking. And Kara, we should point out one of the things that I found startling here is that Sean Hopkins admitted that had he interpreted Ethan's artwork differently, he might have been more alarmed because we know he didn't tell the principal about what was going on. That would have triggered a threat assessment. Instead, he was only worried about Ethan harming himself based upon his interpretation of the artwork. It might not, not have been related to the involuntary manslaughter charge, but he did give us a, in, into a window as to why he didn't ring a louder bell. Yeah, and that's definitely interesting because Sean Hopkins is one of the few people who didn't speak to the guidepost investigators. So we didn't get that point of view in that external report of how the district handled Ethan. Yeah, he said, if I had seen more bodies in the artwork, then I might have thought about this differently. Yeah. Uh, What do you expect from today in day four as prosecutors continue to call witnesses? Uh, I know one of the big witnesses today is going to be an officer who uh, took photos or did executed the search warrant on the Crumley House after the shooting. Um, Prosecutors in defense ended yesterday arguing about 55 photos um, that defense did not want shown to the jury that prosecutors did. So that's how today's going to start. They are going in front of the judge to talk about these photos. Um, and then that officer will likely take the stand once they can figure that out. Let's not forget why we're all here. Hannah St. Juliana, Tate Meir, Madison Baldwin, Justin Schilling. These young people lost their lives and, um, it's just so heartbreaking. So let's remember the victims as we continue to watch this trial. Kara Berg, courts reporter for the Detroit News. Thank you for your insight. Thank you. We should point out there was also testimony yesterday about where the gun was, that they thought it was secured, but their idea of securing it was to put it in an armoire, right. which apparently wasn't locked, and then to hide the ammo underneath some pants. And that certainly will come out when it comes to uh, sort of if the parents had done enough leading up to this shooting. Right. Right. What a reasonable parent would Mm -hmm. have and should have done. Coming up next, uh, we'll talk about today's topics next on JR Morning.